about slavery, we don't usually consider the day-to-day -day or the gory details. The general knowledge of captivity, hard labor, and cruelty are the basics. But for the most part, the actual experience that enslaved people went through is forgotten. Slavery inflicted generational trauma in so many different ways. Fear, uncertainty, humiliation, and mental and physical stressors. Low Country Gala is a nonprofit 501c4 that provides a direct connection to the culture through land preservation and other critical issues that affect the community. I have Luana Graves Sellers with me on Chizuba Talks today to talk about the Gullah Geechee culture, its rich history, generational traditions, and its incredible people. Luana is a journalist with a degree in journalism and a minor in black history from Southern Illinois University. A renowned writer, cultural authority, and subject matter expert and keynote speaker on Gala Geechee history, traditions, culture, Luna's, Luana's articles, documentaries, and podcasts focus on the rich culture and people in the federally designated Gala Geechee Corridor. As a genealogist and community activist, she works towards residential equality for the local Gala community. Luana's work has gained her a significant following and reputation worldwide. Since 2015, she has researched, documented, and published family cultural legacies through hundreds of articles. Having written and documented well over 300 articles on Galagichi history, culture, and traditions, as well as individuals and families, she has amassed a following and reputation as a cultural authority and subject matter expert as host of the Low Country Gala podcast. Welcome, Luana. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being here. I was very intrigued looking at your website and I, to be honest, it was uh, a revelation to me to understand the history, the traditions and the beautiful culture that this community had. So could you provide us with some more information um, about this culture and its contributions to the United States, of course? Well, um, and thank you for that question um, right off the bat. Um, the Gullah Geechee are the direct descendants of West African enslaved people who were brought over to the United mm -hmm. States uh, during the years of slavery and uh, primarily were brought to the Sea Islands, which are the coastline of the east coast of the United States. There are about 70, um, 70 to 85 uh, uh, sea islands that go from Jacksonville, Florida, mm -hmm. all the way up to Jacksonville, North Carolina. And so because they were, first of all, brought here because of their knowledge and skills in growing rice along the rice coast, there's, there's a rice coast mm -hmm. along the coast of West Africa, they were brought here to bring the technology and the, the knowledge that they had uh, that in successfully growing rice for centuries, uh, the colonists that were here just couldn't do it. So they, they brought them over here. Um, 
and because they were isolated on the sea islands, they were able to maintain their culture and traditions from West Africa, form their own language and and live amongst themselves in a lot of the traditions that they were familiar with in West Africa. Right. So uh, when did this organization start and when did you decide that this needs to be uh, highlighted or this needs to have more attention or we need to retain the traditions? When did this start and how long has it been that you're working on this? I've been working on this since 2019 and um, I originally started it because I was asked as a freelance writer to write about the Gullah culture. Uh, I live on Hilton Head Island, which has a significant Gullah culture, and there was a local magazine that was interested in becoming a little bit more diversified and inclusive of the culture in the magazine. So that's how I started. But as mm -hmm. I went along with the writing that I was doing, I realized that the culture that I had been writing about was a culture that was my own. I grew up in a Gullah culture, but I did not know that I was living a Gullah uh, in Gullah traditions, um, in a traditional home. And so mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. the fascination with the culture and the writing that I started to do started to take on more of a personal notion to, to me um, in that it yeah. was a culture that I was learning about of my own as well as discovering more about and giving me a deeper genealogical connection to my roots. So that's how Low Country Gullah, the website started because, um, well, two things. I was getting a lot of requests for articles that I had previously done. And when they were asking me for them, I would search for the article, find the link and send the link. And because I had amassed mm -hmm. uh, several hundred articles by then, I decided to just put them all on a website and make a kind of archive for all of the articles. Um, so that's why Low Country Gullah started. But the journey that it's taken me on and the fascination with the culture and the um, strength that the people had, it just has morphed into a personal journey that I have found that there are a lot of other people who, like me, did not know either about the culture or did not know that they grew up in the culture or um, are just fascinated by learning mm -hmm. about a new culture. Right. I would be uh, intrigued, too, if I was to discover certain things about myself and my roots. It was it, it would have been very interesting. Now, once you started on this journey, uh, were you, you know, did, did you come across people who said, oh, you know what? I have something to contribute. Oh, you know what? I know this about this culture. So did that expand in, in those uh, in that sense? Well, once I started doing the writing, um, it, it's, it's interesting because 
the more I wrote, the more I discovered and people, Mm -hmm. people, I was very excited when I started doing the writing that I'm, that I'm doing. And what I realized that, and, and I was excited and I basically was just like, oh my gosh, you live, you grew up Gullah, you know, what was it like to grow up Gullah? And people would basically say to me, you know, this is just where I live and how I live. Um, and it's the life that, that I know. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was something new because it gave me a sense of place. Um, but growing up Gala and knowing that mm-hmm. it's, it's just like, you know, you, you're in your own skin. You just know what you know when you go about your life. And, but for, for me and what I have found is that there are a lot of people who did not have a cultural connection and this is providing a cultural connection that is really grounding. A lot of people, um, especially Black Americans, we don't grow up with, mm-hmm. I know where I'm from. I knew that I was a, a Black American, African American, but I didn't know Africa where as a child. So for me, there's always been this kind of disconnect mm-hmm. with the who and what my culture really was. Now that I've been doing this work, I mm-hmm. have not only made that connection, but have have con- made the type of um, space in my life that I know where I'm from. I know where I'm connected to. I know where the traditions come from. I have an entire culture that I didn't know that I that existed. And, and I come from a very strong and um, resilient people who deserve their stories to be told. And, you know, when you were reading in the beginning, uh, that, that was one of my newest articles that you were, were, were reading a, an excerpt <laughs> from. And, you know, um, it, it's one of those things that I wrote that because... People don't know. People don't think about the the ramifications of slavery. They don't think about the disconnect that still happens generationally to people. And because of that, um, I have to do the work that I'm doing. It's it's just become my calling. True. And it's such a beautiful uh, thing that you are doing. It's amazing. Uh, How do you promote... Uh, or document the culture and uh, are there any specific initiatives or programs that you have undertaken for this purpose? Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm very busy. <laughs> um, in addition to the, to the writing that I do, uh, I also do documentaries on the culture. Uh, part of what I have mm-hmm. decided to focus on with my work is telling those untold stories. So through documentaries, I Mm -hmm. am always digging for those, oh my gosh, I didn't know those stories that I can share on the culture and the people and the traditions. So uh, I am currently finishing up my fifth documentary, uh, which is on the U.S. Colored Troops Mm -hmm. and the... um, the dedication that they had to a nation that wasn't even theirs. 
Um, so that is coming out um, this fall. True. Uh, the last documentary that I did was on Harriet Tubman and her time in the South. A lot of people know about Harriet Tubman and the railroad, uh, the underground railroad work that she did. But most of that was done in the northern tiered states, mm -hmm. like from Virginia north um, and Maryland north, but not the work that she did in, in deep in South Carolina into Florida. And the, the raid that she was a part of uh, in freeing almost 750 enslaved people, which was the largest emancipation event of, of the Civil War. So stories like that, stories about the town of historic Mitchellville, uh, which is on Hilton Head Island, and it's the first place for, for freed men before emancipation and the Civil War ended. They were living free for about three years before, before that time um, in, in their own town that was mm -hmm. protected by the Union Army. Um, so those are the documentaries that I've worked on. I also have a podcast that I do weekly on different topics that uh, focus on Gullah culture and slavery and all of the different elements of the traditions and the culture. Um, and then, you know, of course, there's social media and sharing information and, and current, current scenarios and stories so that people have a complete view of what is um, the Gullah Geechee experience in America. Wow, that's a lot of work that you're doing. Uh, please make sure that you are sending me the link to the documentary that you mentioned about the railroads. I would definitely be interested in watching that because we read so much. It was, we, uh, it was just... we, we interpret it through the movies. Oh no! I was just—I was just going to say that the the documentary, the Harriet Tubman, um, is on PBS. Uh, it was broadcast on PBS this past, um, mm -hmm. starting in April. But I'll be happy to send you the link. Okay, I'd be happy to. Thank you. Thank you. Let's take a break to understand what Jazuba is. Everyone at some point ponders on how this beautiful life can be made more meaningful. Maybe you're a leader trying to enhance your employee's experience at your organization. Or you already work for the community and seek volunteers with state-of-the-art skills to strengthen your nonprofit. Whatever your situation, know that you can make a difference. Chizuba began with this very vision. A vision to facilitate every skill and every passion in the world in meeting a social need. Corporate volunteering has several benefits for both businesses and organizations. In parallel, experienced and enthusiastic volunteers join NGO workers, enabling them to serve the community more effectively. Jazuba offers everyone looking to add purpose and meaning to their lives a chance to connect or volunteer virtually with non-profit organizations from over 100 countries around the world. Visit www.chizuba.net and explore opportunities to find meaning. Chizuba, your platform to do good. And now, back with our guest. Uh, Luana, you mentioned about, uh, you know, suppose somebody comes to you saying that, you know, I want to trace my ancestral roots within this culture. Do you also help out with that? Do you support that? Absolutely, because... 
I can't, I can't tell the stories and talk about a culture without helping people to connect to their roots. And so part of the work that I do is genealogy work so that people can trace their roots as far back as they as possible. The problem is, is that with Black Americans and African Americans, the records for their, their ancestry really stops in 1870. Uh. I call it the 1870 slave wall because up until uh, mm-hmm. emancipation in 1865, there for the most part is no documentation on enslaved people because they were considered property. So a lot of them were not named uh, right. and records can just say girl 15, you know, boy 12. So you, or, you know, woman 35 or whatever the case may be. So, so once you get into the slavery years, it's very, very hard to find those, find those records. So when people are looking for their roots, Mm -hmm. for their ancestors, I do have a guide on the website on how to do that, uh, which is specific to to Black Americans because of that struggle that we have uh, and mm-hmm. finding creative ways to kind of get around the, the lack of documents. But for a lot of people, sometimes when you hit that slave wall, that's all you can get. And to me, mm-hmm. that's why the Gullah Geechee connection to your culture is so strong and an important one because even if you can't go as far back as um, before the Civil War, at least you know the culture you came from. Mm-hmm. And then based on a collection of collective True. stories of the people, you have an idea of who you are and what your, your people achieved and why they were here. And you know, going back to, to my original point, um, talking about the West Africans, the reason that they were brought here was to, to um, cultivate rice for the colonies. But because cultivate of rice. that, yes. they were, yes, they were responsible for the wealth that the eastern coast of the United States has, like Charleston and um, all of the, from right. Georgetown into Myrtle Beach and all the way into Florida. Um Rice, because of the Gullah Geechee, became the number one crop in the United States off of the backs of the the Gullah Geechee. Mm -hmm. So it's things like that that um, people just don't know, but they should know uh, that that it was it was the the strength and the resilience of the people who made a difference in the foundations of this country. Very true, yeah. So as a non-profit organization, uh, you must be having uh, challenges with financial resources and you know grants and donations to support this community. So maybe in terms of land preservation or even education. So how do you manage that? Is there any uh, supply? Uh, is there any grant that is helping you out? We do receive grants. Um, of course, there... 
there is never enough money <laughs> that could come in. We also uh, accept yeah, donations. The the nonprofit, well, Low Country Gullah is actually two nonprofits. There's Low Country Gullah, and then there's the Low Country Gullah Foundation. The foundation is specifically designed okay. to support Gullah families who are losing historic Gullah land to heirs property issues and development oh. along the sea islands. Oh. And the the land is evaporating on an extraordinarily um, incredible rate. Just to give you an example, on Hilton Head, mm-hmm. um, it, before the bridge was built in 1956, the Gullah owned about 3,500 acres. Mm-hmm. The first count uh, was done in 2017, okay. and I'm just completing a count now. It is down to about 900 acres now. So, and and we're still losing land acre wow, by acre. That's... So, um, it's it's a, a significant problem. And um, just to give you an idea, coming out of the the Civil War, a lot of Gullah were able to purchase mm-hmm. land. And so some of the land has been in the family for 100, 150 years, 160 years. Um, and because they have a level of mistrust and, you know, for a lot of reasons, they did not get the full documentation that you need, like a will to pass down um, to two different family members. Mm-hmm. So what would happen is, uh, say the the father of the family would purchase the land, would have children, and cut off a piece mm-hmm. of those pro- of that property to different people in their family, and so generation to generation mm-hmm. they would keep doing that. And because of that, if there's no will along the way, it is called heirs' property. And so if that person purchased the land in mm-hmm. let's say 1865. By now, they could have hundreds, Uh maybe even a thousand heirs. And so all of those heirs are entitled to the land that that original person purchased. (laughs) So because of that, everyone has a say and it just gets very cloudy um, legally with what can happen with that land. And that's part of the reason why a lot of people lose it. True. True, very true. I know it comes with its, with its set of challenges, but uh, what what uh, can people who are not part of the Gala community do to support and contribute to this, you know, preservation and promotion? Like I said, we can we have their donation buttons on the website. If you go to lowcountrygala.com for the writing side. Or if you go to uh, lowcountrygullafoundation.org for the land side, you can make a donation. Uh, the, the foundation is a 501c3. Uh, Low Country Gullah is a 501c4. Mm-hmm. So either way, they're nonprofits and you could make mm-hmm. a donation to them and help support telling the stories of the culture all of those hidden stories, as well as help pres- preserve the historic Gullah land. Um, because o- yeah. along the Sea Islands, there's so much development that uh, even if you've had the land for 
say, lived on the land for 80 years or something like that, and your taxes may have been maybe $400, if someone comes and builds a brand new house, a million dollar house next door, your taxes will go up. And so what we do, what we found is that there's a lot of people who, who can't afford that. If they've been living there and they're in their 90s or whatever the case may be, they can't afford a mm-hmm. you know, $2,000 increase in their taxes. So the foundation helps those people as well so that they can hold on to their land. Right, sure. So I request everybody who's listening and watching this to this uh, to reach out to the Low Country Galda community and see how they can help out. Uh, Luana, is I there any that. upcoming event? Is there any campaign or initiative that you know uh, you would like to communicate? Maybe do you do you go to education institutes or schools? to talk about your culture and uh, talk about this situation. Is there anything like that? I do. I actually have speaking engagements on a regular basis on different elements of the culture. Um, For instance, the story of rice is one of the, the um, classes or presentations that I do because of the importance of rice to the culture. So I do speak on that. I do speak about the Gullah culture in general and the traditions, the language, and um, all of the uh, mm-hmm. different cultural mm-hmm. aspects, as well as the documentaries that I do. Uh, the, the Harriet Tubman from A Railroad to a Spy that I mentioned earlier, I do screenings on that and uh, talks about the story and Harriet Tubman. Uh, once the, the Union Color Troop one comes out this fall, I will start to do to do those as well. I actually have a um, the first screening scheduled for November uh, on the on the uh, Union Color Troops, so so that um, people can start to learn about that and and you know putting it out for distribution so as many people can can see and watch and, so and enjoy and, and learn something. Very important, yes. And uh, do you get a lot of questions while you're uh, holding these uh, speaking engagements? Absolutely. You know, it's what what's great about it is that that people are curious whether it's their culture or not. People are curious about the culture and learning something new. Learning about it is one of the, yeah. I mean, the Gullah culture is one of the few indigenous cultures in the United States. And most people don't know that. Most people also don't know that 89% of Black or African Americans in the United States, if they're descendants of enslaved people from the corridor, from North Carolina to Florida, they're Mm -hmm. Gullah Geechee. And it doesn't matter where you live. uh, There are Gullah communities along the, the corridor, but there's also Gullah communities in Oklahoma and in Texas and Oregon and in Mexico. So the Gullah culture is nationwide and the people, just like you know, you and I, we moved around. So they can be anywhere. And when people realize that and connect to it, 
and find that they, like I, have a culture that that is is there and and ready to yeah. to embrace them and and bring them in as a part of of a an entire community of people of of strong people. It's it's a powerful thing. Absolutely. Well, uh, thank you. I uh, thank you for allowing us to peep into this little bit. Uh, uh, of course, there's huge uh, matter to be consumed. There's a lot of uh, documentation that most of us don't know. We were not aware of, right? So through this podcast, I'm glad that you were able to share some part of it. So uh, it's like a teaser. So people who want to know more about it can visit your website and understand the kind of commitment that you have towards uh, preserving this uh, and nurturing the gala culture thank you thank you so much and and if anybody's interested in in the podcast as well that's under low country gala you can find it on everything apple spotify um you name it um if you just google low country gala you'll be able to find all of the work that we're doing We'll surely do that. Yes. Thank you, Luana. It was wonderful talking to you.